0: Every Sunday we take time to read from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts, and today is no different, so we're going to do that. I'm going to go and turn your attention to 2 Kings chapter 3, and we're going to start reading from verse 1 and uh, all the way to verse 25. If you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn there. If you don't, um, I'm going to just read this uh, from the Bible and allow it to speak to our hearts. Those uh, who are doing sound, if you can cut off the Uh, The the lower limit, when I go down so that that uh, clipper, uh, that the bottom clipper is taken away, that would be really helpful for me. Thank you. So, 2 Kings chapter 3, starting from verse 1. This is what it says. In the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, Jehoram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel in Samaria, and he reigned 12 years. He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, Though not like his father and mother, for he put away the pillar of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he clung to the sin of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. He did not depart from it. Now, Mesha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he had to deliver to the king of Israel hundred thousand lambs and the wool of hundred thousand rams. But when Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jehoram marched out of Samaria at the time and mustered all Israel. And he went and sent word to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to battle against Moab? And he said, I will go. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Then he said, By which way shall we march? Jehoram answered, By the way of the wilderness of Edom by way of the wilderness of Edom everybody say wilderness of Edom wilderness of Edom that's the route that they decided to take verse 8 by which way shall we march jehoram answered by the way of the wilderness of Edom so the king of judah the king of israel went with the king of judah and the king of Edom so three kings are on a journey the king of israel has his army the king of judah has his army And the king of Edom has his army, and when they made a continuous march of seven days, there was no water for the army or for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord has called these three kings to be given into the hand of Moab. And Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Then one of the king of Israel's servants answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, No, it is the Lord who has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. And when the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, I will make this dry stream bed full of pools. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind or rain, but that stream bed shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink, you, your livestock, your animals. This is a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will also give the Moabites into your hand, and you shall attack every fortified city. And every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop up all springs of water, and ruin every good piece of land with stones. The next morning, about the time of the offering, the sacrifice, behold, water came from the direction of Edom, till the country was filled with water. When all the Moabites heard that the king had come to fight them, all who were able to put on in armor from the youngest to the oldest were called out and were drawn up at the border, and when they rose early in the morning, the sun shone on the water, the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red as blood, and they said, "This is blood, the king has surely fought together. The kings have surely fought together and struck one another down. Now then Moab to the spoil. But when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose and struck Moabites until they fled before them, and they went forward striking the Moabites as they went, and they overthrew the cities. On every good piece of land, every man threw a stone until it was covered. They stopped every spring of water and felled all the good trees. Till only its stones were left in Kir Haraset, and the slingers surrounded and attacked it. Pray with me for a moment, please. Father, we're grateful for this morning. Thank you for our creche. Thank you for our kids. Thank you for our youth. Thank you for all the babies. Father, in whichever area of the building, there is a service happening right now. Whoever is going to listen to this podcast later, I command the blessing of God to be upon these moments. Thank you that our lives will never be the same again because your word is about to be preached in Jesus name. Amen. I am convinced that if you drive, there are two kinds of drivers. One, the kind that take action when the uh, dial on your fuel gauge shows up the light and the kind that says, nah, I can get another 100 miles out of it. <laughs> I'm the second kind. I'm the kind that goes, it's okay, you know, there'll be... And man, there'll be moments when I've been on the motorway when I was like, I should have pulled into, those, uh, into, the, into, the, um, into the fuel station or, for our American friends in the room today, the gas station, or like we used to call it when we grew up, the pump, which whatever you call, you know what, the, the times i thought i don 't i 't don't, I don't know I think I can just keep going, and then i I panic and I google and say where 's the nearest fuel station and and there aren 't any and so then i 'm praying for a miracle to stretch. Those of you who drive, if you're one of those kinds that always has it all full and everything is safe, let me see a show of hands. Uh, That's half of you. If you're like me and you're waiting for a miracle, even though the needle is touching empty, let me see a show of hands. There you go. About 50-50 in the room, I think. 50-50 in the room. I want to talk to you today what to do when you run out of fuel. What to do when you run out of fuel? Man, it's scary. Uh, we recently were returning from Northampton, I think, and I was like, nah, we should be all right. And, uh, or sometimes I just forget, uh, because my mind is preoccupied and it's elsewhere. And then suddenly the light starts flashing, saying so you've got to refuel thankfully, uh, because of the wonders of Google, I was able to find that there was um, a fuel station nearby, and then we were able to continue our journey. But um, that's true of cars, but how many of you know that life needs fuel? And sometimes when you go uh, forward with things, sometimes you and I, we just run out of it, run out of fuel, and we just can't go anymore. And and, um, and that's not really a sign that you're weak, that's not really a sign that you're a bad person, but it's a reality that must be acknowledged and whether that's emotional fatigue or physical fatigue or spiritual fatigue, there are times when your tank can start to run on empty and I want to encourage you not to take those flashing signs as signs that need to be ignored but that you will take action. If you are in a place where things are flashing on your signboard, financially there are financial advices that can give you advice on how to manage debt, consolidate debt, budget, go forward. There are biblical principles on how God's desire is for us to be blessed. Same goes for health, your physical health. Same goes for emotional and mental well-being. Whatever it is, there are many, many ways, you need to look at refueling your life so that you're not running on empty. And so eventually when the car just stops, um, you don't want to get to a place where you're like, oh man, I should have paid attention to the signs that have come on the board. And so can I encourage you to get help whenever it is required? As a side note, I'd like to announce that one of the things Reshmi and I do And the directors of this church are aware of this. It's actually part of my agreement with the people who hold me accountable in my contract and my employment here. Is that at least once a year, my wife and I, we take time to have therapy ourselves. We are people who believe in God and believe in the power of God. But we want to be people who are not running on empty. We want to be people who are running uh, with our needles uh, you know, full. And one of the things we had planned last year in 2022 is for our therapist, husband and wife, to relocate to Berry and spend a month with us here. And uh, that was the plan, but it did not work out because this time last year, Reshmi had a cancer diagnosis. And in March, uh, it's been one year since Reshmi had the operation for the removal. Reshmi, my wife, had the operation for the removal of her thyroid gland we had our follow-up appointment, by the way, in Haddonbrook's this week, and uh, the verdict is that there is still no further cancer treatment required. So, <laughs> praise God for that. But because of that journey that we had, our therapists couldn't come last year, but they are going to be spending the entire month of June here. For 31 days, morning and evening, Reshmi and I will have individual therapy, couples therapy, And One of the things I have uh, said that we should do, actually it wasn't even my idea, but the board of uh, apostles and prophets and the advisors that we have, um, they said to me, hey, if you're having these guys come over all the way to Bury St. Edmunds, it would be a shame if they just benefited you, just make sure that they benefit the church as well. And uh, these guys have clients in over 15 countries. Most of their clients are senior pastors across the world, some small churches, some very, very large churches. Names, if I mentioned, you would know them if you follow Christian television. Um, And these guys are equipped and called to help, to pastor, pastors, pastor leaders. So I just want to announce it will show up on church news soon. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that during the first week in June, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, in the evenings... Uh, Rupa and Phillips, who are our therapists, have agreed that they are willing to run a couples session for people in church. It's specifically for husbands and wives, not for people who are are on their own because they feel it's uh, important to invest in marriages. Uh, But the commitment is that uh, both husband and wife should be available for all five evenings. So Some of you do have shift work and other responsibilities, so if only one of you can make it or one of you can't make a couple of sessions, that's not for you. So they said, we're not looking at large numbers, but if we have couples in this church who are willing to invest in their marriage, that's going to happen during the first week in June, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for five evenings in the evening. And uh, speaking to Mark, our operations manager here, he said that he would also lead it so that if uh, required there will be child care available so if you're a parent here uh, and uh, you say man I would love to attend or if you're a couple here and you say I'd love to attend the only problem is child care then I want to encourage you to bring your children register and uh, it will go up on sale on the website so that you can get your tickets to register for that if you are married here I want to encourage you to invest into that I just gave you that as a side side example to say that we take here at Beacon Church, we take it seriously. Whenever we see that our dials are going down, we have to be in a place where we recharge. But every now and then, we go to a moment in life where we think, man, I'm running on empty. I've run out of fuel. What do I do? So I want to just give you some tips today. These are not the only tips. There are many other uh, places from which you can gain wisdom. I want to share a few tips that I practice And hopefully this will be a blessing to you. So this is what the story says, that there were three kings, their armies and their horses. So if you can imagine kind of three layers, the kings in front, the king of Edom, the king of Israel, the king of Judah. Behind them, their army. Behind them, their horses and their animals. All three of these uh, armies are advancing to a place called Moab. Because uh, the king of Moab decided to dishonor a business agreement that uh, he had with the king of israel so the king of israel got two of his buddies the king of judah and the king of edom and said hey guys this guy disrespected me join me we're going to take him out so these two kings said okay we'll come along the journey as well so three kings their armies and their animals all decided to go to edom and uh, Somebody asked the question about the Sat and said, which way should we march? Which way should we get there? Because there's multiple routes to take from Israel to Edom. And somebody said, let's march through the wilderness of Edom to get there. So all of them decide to go on this journey. The king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom all decide to march through the wilderness of Edom to go to the king of Moab. And the Bible says they'd marched for seven days and after seven days, there was no water. They ran out of fuel. The people had no water to drink. The animals had no water to drink. The army had no water to drink. And they were in a, a bad place. I'm not a medical professional. There are many doctors and nurses in the room today. You guys probably know what, how long a human being can survive without water. But add to it that they're not indoors where everything is hunky-dory and perfect. They are actually marching through Middle East heat, which is extremely hot. It's arid conditions, arid environments. It's very dry. And they're marching through there. And after seven days, they are completely aware that they're about to die. And so somebody comes up with the idea like, okay, we're going to die. What should we do? So somebody says, um, is there a prophet here that we can ask advice from? And they said, well, there is one guy called Elisha. He used to wash Elijah's hands, and he might have the word of the Lord. So they go to him and say, here's, here's the problem. Elisha says, why have you come to me? I don't want even to look at you. And then he says, if it wasn't for the king of Judah... Who stands beside you, I wouldn't even have anything to look at. Elijah gives a word, they have water, they go and conquer Moab. So, what to do when you run out of fuel? If you are here today and you're currently running out of fuel on any one of your gauges, here is some advice, and I'm encouraging you to take this advice. Number one, always travel in the direction where the word of the Lord is given. Always travel. In the direction of where the word of the Lord is given. Did you know that this morning you could have been anywhere? You don't need to be here. There's no fine attached to you not attending a Sunday morning service. You could have been anywhere this morning. But you chose to be in a place where the word of God is being preached. And sometimes the word of God is preached. And you know it has completely transformed your life. Sometimes the word of God is preached. And you can't really remember what it was. But as somebody said, I don't, need to what I, ha- I don't need to remember what I had for breakfast three years ago. All I know is that it nourished me. I don't need to remember what I had for lunch five years ago. All I know that it nourished me. And you have to be in a place where you are receiving nourishment. And if you're not in a place where you are receiving nourishment, you will not be able to top up on the fuel that is already on empty. And this is why the devil's number one plan when you start running on empty is to make you believe that because you're in a bad place, the first thing you need to do is take a break from church. The first thing you need to do, hey, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. What happened? I'm just in a bad place at the moment. That's exactly the time you need to be in this place. Because this is not a place for people who are perfect. This is a place for people who have needs. And whenever you are in a place of need, God can fill you. And there are people who are wise enough in this room to deprioritize everything else, to prioritize being in a place where the word of God is being preached. And today, as you are receiving the word of God, I am prophesying over your life every area that needs nourishment is being nourished right now. Every tank that needs to be filled is being filled right now. Everywhere fuel needs to be released is being released right now. You may not feel it, but it's happening because that is the power of the Word of God. Everything in your life begins to prosper when you position yourself in a place to receive the Word of God. You will be amazed at the number of things people are willing to prioritize. They will give up their time to go on holiday, but they will not give up their time to come to listen to the word of God. They will take leave from work to go and enjoy a meal in a foreign country. Wear clothes to impress people you don't even like. Just to show people that you're having a good time when they scroll through your Instagram reels. But the most important thing in your life that you need right now is not to impress the people that won't remember you anyway. It is to be in a place you are receiving the word of God. To every person that is grateful that the word of God sustains stained you some seasons. Come on, give Jesus praise for the Word of God that pulled you through. That made you come through some seasons that took you to the other side because the word of God was being preached. Somebody had an idea. We've run out of fuel and somebody said, hey, the first thing we need to do is not look for water. The first thing we need to do is to look for the word of God. If you're in a place and your business is struggling, the first thing you need to look for is not strategy. It's important, but it's to look for the word of God. The first thing you need to do if your marriage is struggling is not to look for a great restaurant to take your spouse on. That is important but the first thing you need to look is whether the word of God is being rich in your life I want to encourage you if you did not come here to church on the first Sunday uh, this year one of the things we do when we start the year is to preach the word of God about what to expect this year and there are many promises that God has given us over the year and and we've seen as the year has progressed when we look back and said wow we we, we received the word of God in the first Sunday of the year and uh, we can see it work out and one of the things God showed us the first time the Word of God was preached the word of the year for 2023 was preached is that God is about to do something for people who have made it their top priority to position themselves where the word of God is being released somebody said we've run out of fuel but the one thing we need to do is position ourselves where the word of God is being pr- preached I want to encourage you as a church prioritize the word of God over football prioritize the the word of God over holidays. Prioritize the word of God over your comfort. Prioritize the word of God over your preferences. You can have time for all the things that will not last a few moments and there will be memories and they will be forgotten. But there is legacy being created in you and through you that will outlast even your lifetime. And that happens if your inner world is filled with the word of God. That is why we take time on a Sunday morning not to cut short this time but to preach the word of God. The end entrance of his word brings light the Bible says, that means any time light comes, darkness cannot be, so sometimes the devil is up to things in your life that you are not even aware of, you will be amazed when you get to heaven one day, see all the trouble that God delivered you out of, that you did not even know you were in just because you were in the presence of God, receiving the word of God right now, battles you are not even aware of, are being won right now, future battles that the enemy has set up for, are being defeated. Why? Because where the word of God is being preached, the entrance of his word brings light. So wherever di- wherever light is, darkness cannot be. And if you are a person who loves the word of God, you have nothing to fear about the devil or demonic or any power of witchcraft. Because when light comes, darkness does not have to be told to leave. Darkness has already left. If you know that darkness has already left as a result of receiving the word of God. Come on, give God a shout. of praise this morning. Morning, the word of God is being preached. The light of God has come, and where light is, darkness cannot be. If you're running on empty, position yourself where you can receive the word of God. Number two, when you position yourself, when you're positioning yourself to receive the word of God, Elisha said, I'm not gonna give you the word. Why would I give you the word? Because the king of Israel, this is what it says, he was in trouble. The Bible says he followed nothing of the plan of God. He was evil. He followed everything concerning the teachings of Jeroboam. He went away from the Lord. He comes to Elisha and look at his words. He says, the Lord has decided to give us all into the hand of the king of Moab. He didn't have any faith. He wasn't walking with God. He was an evil king. He was a wicked king. He did not worship God. He did everything to provoke and grieve the heart of God. They're standing before Elisha. And Elisha says, I don't want to talk to you. Why are you here? Look at what Elisha says. "What What do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said, no, it is the Lord who has called these three kings and given them into a hand. Elisha said, as the Lord of God lives... Go back one screen, please. The previous screen that we were on. Elisha says, As surely as the Lord of God lives, I would not even have spoken to you. If we can go back to the previous verse. If it wasn't for the king of... Elisha said, Verse 14, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, Were it not that I have regard for Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would neither look at you nor see you. He says, I'm having a conversation with you, not because you're good. I'm having a conversation with you because you've got somebody with you that's good. You're evil. You have every evil practice possible. Go to the prophets of your fathers and your mothers. He was an idol worshipper. He did everything to provoke God into such grief. And Elisha's spirit was grieved when such a wicked king stood before him. And the wicked king has no faith. He says, no, we're going to die. So we we think this is the plan of God. And Elisha says, listen, if it wasn't for that bloke that's standing next to you, King Jehoshaphat of Judah, I wouldn't even put my eyes on you. I wouldn't even give you eye contact. I would not look at you and I would not see you. Then Elisha says, bring me a musician. The musician came, prayed, and Elisha delivered the word of God. Let me ask you a question. If the word of God in the old covenant could be delivered to a wicked king, Because of the goodness of King Jehoshaphat. How much more will the word of God be delivered to us. Because we walked in here not because of the credit of King Jehoshaphat that's with us. We have somebody in us, with us, around us, on us. That has got an even better record than King Jehoshaphat of Judah. He is the unconquerable, all powerful, all knowing God, Christ in us is the hope of glory under a covenant that was ratified with the blood of goats and bulls and turtle doves. And said, Hey, if under that covenant, an evil king could receive a prophetic word of God to deliver him from trouble, not because he was good, but Elisha saw King Jehoshaphat and said, Jehoshaphat is good, but because Jehoshaphat is good, I'm going to give you the word of God. How much More you and I in a place where we don't have to come into the presence of God and wonder whether God will look at us, wonder whether God will speak to us, wonder whether God will deliver us, wonder whether we're good enough, qualified enough, strong enough, educated enough, powerful enough, steadfast enough, consistent enough. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord. But I come today, not because of my righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And if Jehoshaphat was good enough for the king of Israel, how much more is Jesus Christ good enough for you and I? We come today with the confidence that Jesus is perfect. We come today with the confidence that Jesus is the sinless one. We come today with the confidence that Jesus is the spotless one. We come today with the confidence that we don't just have Jesus with us, we have Jesus in us. And we have received freely the gift of his righteousness. A wicked, evil, uh, uh, idol-worshipping king that consulted diviners and prophets that he had set up from his mothers and fathers to provoke God into anger. And Elisha said, I'm not even going to talk to you. I wouldn't even have a look at you if it wasn't for this good man that's standing beside you how many of you are glad that it's not your performance that determines whether you're in a place to receive the word of God how many of you know that your deliverance and your breakthrough is not attached to your record what you did last week but I have a record that is different from my memory is that another record that happened before the foundations of the world he chose me and lavished his grace upon me to forgive my sin and declare me righteous and because of that I'm in the presence of God he can speak to me And He can deliver me. Position yourself where you're receiving the Word of God. But know that you're receiving the Word of God because of His goodness. To every person that is sure and confident. Uh, Some of you are confident that you are very pious and holy and your record was perfect. But some of us who in this room, we're pretty sure, we don't need any convincing that we have made enough mistakes this week to mess up a million times over. Yet we come here with confidence. Anybody? Anybody has confidence in the Son of God? Give Jesus a shout of praise right now. If you know your confidence is not in yourself, your confidence is in God who loved you and lavished His grace upon you. Something's happened to the lights. Let there be light. It's had just the opposite effect. No problem. You can still hear me though, can't you? I'm going to keep going. There we are. We're back. Thank you. So position yourself where you can receive the Word of God. But when you come into the presence of God, you've got to come with the assurance that God is good. Not that you're good, but that God is good. That He is the sinless one. That He is the one that has the perfect record. I've shared this example before, and some of you are new to our community. So I'm going to share this example again. And if you've heard this before, please bear with me. Many years ago, about... Eight, oh, if we can just leave the lights on that one setting, that will be great fantastic um many years ago When our son Judah was just born, so this would have been eight years ago, man, I was so thrilled and delighted that we had a son. So I couldn't just wait to spend time with him. I loved spending time with him. One Sunday afternoon after church, I'd gone to Sudbury to play badminton. And then I was playing badminton. I was enjoying it. But in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, man, I really want to see Judah. So we finished playing badminton, got into the car, and I was driving from Sudbury to Berry. And. and the police caught me for speeding. I thought it was a 40 mile an hour road. So I was doing about 36, 37. And then as I'm driving, I can see the police with the, you know, the camera and, think, oh, and then looking at my dial and thinking I'm great. So I, I, I don't slow down, I just keep going at 37. And so the police uh, pull up behind me and uh, they're following me. And I thought, yeah, somebody's in trouble. I don't know who it is, not me, though, because I'm keeping the speed, and I'm not slowing down. So then the lights start flashing. So I thought, what's going on? He's got plenty of room to overtake. Why is he not overtaking? So I eventually pull over, and then the policeman pulls over behind me and comes into the car and says, um, sir, you've been, <clears throat> you've been caught speeding. And uh, uh, I thought, speeding? I thought, I said, isn't it like 40 here? He's like, no, no, it's 30. was like, oh, no. And uh, I was gutted. I said, are you going to have a fine and uh, three points of your license? It's really embarrassing because the next question they ask is, what do you do for a living? And uh, anyway, uh, you know, I was not this confident giving that answer. Anyway, I had three points on my license. I got paid the fine. And uh, many years later, I was filling some sort of form and uh, and in my line of profession, the, the security checks I have to go through, DBS checks, enhanced DBS checks, credit checks. I mean, um, it's, it's, there's a lot of scrutiny, because, and rightly so, because of the role uh, that I carry. So I was filling one of these forms, and uh, in it said, do you have a, um, any criminal records in your history? And usually what that means, you know, I answer no, because um, but this question said... Do you have any criminal records, including speeding offenses? So I clicked yes on, on, online. As soon as I clicked yes, then a compulsory question came up again. said, give us date and details of when it happened, where it happened, and what happened. And I remember thinking, I have no idea. That was like five, ten years ago. And I mean, at least eight years ago. I can't remember when it was. So I thought I'll call the DVLA, which is the uh, the governing authority here, and I said, uh, "Hi, my name is Sijer. This is my license number. Um, and uh, many years ago, I was caught speeding. I had three points on my license. I'm filling up a form that requires me to furnish the details of when it happened, what happened, what time, and what you know, all all the details. And they said, uh, "When did you say it happened?". I said, "Because it was the year Judah was born. I was very clear when it was born. I said, "2014. Oh, that's when it happened." Um, I said, oh, sorry, we can't give you those records. I said, why not? He said, British law states that after a certain number of years, every record that stands against your name has to be erased. I said, really? I said, I've got to fill this form. Where will I find the details? He said, sir, look, you can try the local court if you want. You can try the local police station if you want. But I am very confident of British law the record that stood against you does not stand anymore because it is the law that has got to be erased. And I remember thinking, if the British law is so final, how much more the laws that states that the blood of Jesus has erased every record that stood against you. So when it looked in the system, it's not there, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. gone. So I remember going back. Do you have any criminal records, including speaking offenses? Change my answer to no. Was it because I hadn't offended? No. But the law had overruled my offense. There is a new law in town, my friends. Law imposed not by a British government or a king or a monarchy or a vote that was passed through the parliament or the house of commons or the house of lords. It is an eternal law. The law that was ratified by the blood of Jesus that says you and I are cleansed, clean. The record that stood against you has been nailed to the cross. So we receive the word of God, not because we are good. But because God is good. To every person that's confident in the record of Jesus Christ on your behalf. Now it would be a good time to celebrate. Your record is clean. Because God is good. Because God is good. And if you hadn't come here this morning. You would not have received this truth. And you would have gone back and enjoyed whatever else it was you were meant to enjoy. Number three. When you run out of fuel. Be, position yourself to receive the word of God. Number two. Be in a place where you know that you're receiving it because God is good. Number three, Elisha says, bring me a musician. They brought him a musician. And uh, you got to think, why would Elisha do that? Why can't he just speak? Number three, you got to allow God to operate his way, not your way. Because some of us want the word of God. But we want to control what the word of God is. Or what the word of God should be. Or what the word of God ought to be. What do you mean bring me a musician? Why can't he prophesy without a musician? You see, if you are running out of fuel, number one, position yourself to receive the word of God. Number two, remember that you are confident you have the record of Christ. Number three, you have to give up control. You have to give up control. Some of us are such control freaks. We want things the way we want it, when we want it, how we want it. And if something is slightly off, it bugs us. I mean, it bugs me when I walk into the supermarket and where rice used to be, rice no longer is. I mean, why would they change that? I mean, who gave them that job? Why can't rice just be where rice already is? We are programmed just to know how things should be but if you want to be in a place where you are receiving the goodness of God receiving the fuel of God you've got to give up control you've got to give up how you've got it played out in your mind some of you are hitting the the empty empty sign on your dial and God wants to come in your life but 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 you're in control you're in control, you won't give up, you won't get baptized, you won't start tithing, you won't start giving, you want to do it your way, but not God's way, so you want to be in a place where you want God to help you, but when God starts to help you, you try and be in control and manipulate God, and when you start manipulating God, it doesn't work, and when it doesn't work, you think, oh why didn't it work, and then we don't see you walk with God again, and then you go back to a place of desperation, and you come back again, how many of you, you need to be reminded today God is good and you can trust Him. I may not understand His ways I may not understand His thoughts I may not understand His timing, I may not understand how it works, but I am going to trust God Today I believe the grace of God is available for you to trust Him above and beyond your intellect, above and beyond your deductions, above and beyond your plan where you've got every I dotted and every T crossed and you think this is the way it's going to turn out to be. But God is above and beyond your ways. God is not a formula you can manipulate. God is God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His plans are higher than our plans. And He is good he's a good god he's a good god i remember many years ago watching the chronicles of narnia and i can't remember the exact scene and some of you who have watched that will remember in the movie i can't remember who it was but this two individuals are talking to each other about aslan aslan the lion who is this character in the chronicles of narnia that depicts god or depicts christ and one person hasn't met aslan yet and one person asks the other person what's aslan like is 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 he safe Is he safe? And the answer is: safe? He's not safe, but he is good. He's good. He's good. Oh man, let me tell you about following Jesus. Does it feel like it's safe? Oh, it's the ride of your life. I promise you, you just don't know which way your life is going to go. But I can look back and say, God is good. He has never failed me yet. He has been true to his word. He has always been faithful, always been consistent, always been good, always. He is good in spite of the seasons that change. And because God is good, we can trust him. If you are in this place today and you are running low on fuel, I want you to take a decision to trust Him today. And that is why every Sunday when we gather together, we take a moment to bring our tithes and our offerings before God. Because the Bible says, honor the Lord your God with the first of all your increase. The first of everything that God has given you. Because you see, it's easy to trust God at the end of the month, making me know, ah, here's the change. I can put in offer tray and say, God, here you go. I tick the box that I tell you that I trust you but it takes a lot of trust to put God first to say you know what I'm gonna give God my best and I am going to give God my first and every time we come together we sing songs we reach uh, we reach people who have we we with the gospel we we have announcements we have the Word of God but we take time every Sunday to bring our finances to him it's a matter of trust and I want to encourage you today whatever it is that God is telling you to trust. Some of you need to take that trust to give your life to Jesus. Some of you need to do that trust to go and say, God, I'm going to go and get therapy because I've been putting that off a long time. Some of you need to take that step and say, I know I need help. I've been trying to fight this battle on my own, but I'm too proud to tell people about my issues, so I'm going to deal with it on my own. Some of you need to put God first in your money, and whenever we come together, rather than making sure that you're saving up, For your holiday first, got to honor God first. Why? Because your heart needs to learn how to trust God. Because without trusting God, you cannot receive what God has already given you. Today, I am releasing across this room the ability for you to trust more, to trust God, to do that thing, to make that phone call and forgive that person, to make that phone call and reconcile with that individual. No, I'm going to wait for them to make the phone call first. But God has already told you that you got to make the phone call first, but you're waiting because you don't trust God. Trust God and obey and leave the consequences to Him. What is the last instruction God gave you? That last instruction is good enough, but it has messed with your mind and your experience and you're now trying to manipulate things. It will not work, my friend. God is not a politician to be bargained with, to be debated with. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, whether people like it or not, every Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that there is only one Lord and one God and his name is Jesus so we better start right now today is a good day to bow your knees to Jesus today is a good day to lift your hands and say I surrender not my way but your will be done today is a good day to say I position myself to receive the Word of God let trust flow into your life today trust him Trust Him. Trust Him. Lord, bless me, but please don't instruct me. I want you, but I don't want to give you any of my time. I want to go your way, Lord, but can I have it my way? God is good. You can trust Him. You can trust Him. And lastly, number four, when your fuel gauge is empty, Elisha says, this time tomorrow. (laughs) I love that. This time tomorrow You will neither see rain Or any sign whatsoever But this dry stream Will be full of water And there will be enough for you to drink For your army to drink And for your animals to drink This time tomorrow What do you mean this time tomorrow? If God is the God of all miracle, Can't he do it now? If God can do anything, why can't he do it now? What do you mean this time tomorrow? You see, this time tomorrow means you have to now trust in the word of God and wait for the manifestation. Oh, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? Because if God could answer all your prayers now so you can trust him, then that's not trust. That's a contract. Where you realize everything is in order, your ducks are in order, your eyes are dotted, T's are crossed, there are no unknowns, every circumstance is perfect. And then you say, Yeah, that's a sign that I can trust him. That's not trust. That's not trust. Let me put that let's put that verse up, G. Elisha says, This time tomorrow, you're not gonna see any rain. For thus says the Lord God, you shall not see wind or rain, but that stream bed shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink. You, your livestock and your animals This is a light thing In the sight of the Lord He will also give them more bites into your hand Look at verse 19 And he shall attack every fortified city And he shall fell every good tree Stop up the spring water Ruin every good piece of land with stones Verse 20 The next morning About the time of the offering of the sacrifice Behold water came from the direction of Edom From where? From Edom Where's Edom? Edom is this place where they were going to. Edom is the route that they took. Like in Berry you've got Newmarket Road. If you follow Newmarket Road, you end up in Newmarket. So they were on Edom Road, because if they keep going on Edom Road, they end up in Edom. But when the prophet spoke, the Bible says, water came from the direction of Edom. In other words, water came from the very direction that they thought death was going to come. But from the very direction they thought death was coming, life began to come. Life began to come from the same direction they thought death was going to come. So this is a prophecy for some of you. You are looking at your future and you think death is about to come. You think decay is coming closer. You think confusion is one step closer than it was before. You think destruction is just around the corner the very direction from which destruction was meant to come. God is going to turn it around so that life and a surprise and a blessing comes and overtakes your life. This time tomorrow, something is about to happen in your life. Something is about to happen in your life. Something is about to happen. You walked in here with a fear about Edom because you knew you were on Edom road and Edom was the place you were going to die. Your army was going to die. Your cattle were going to Die, But I want to say to you, this is not the end. God's will for you is not death, but life. God's will for you is not poverty, but prosperity. God's will for you is not sickness, but health. God's will for you is not sin, but holiness. God's will for you is not to be beneath, but above. God's will for you is not weakness, but strength. The very direction that you thought bad things were going to come, that very direction is going to going to turn around and good things are about to come but you got to stay with the word because it's not going to happen right now you're going to have to test your faith to say god i'm going to trust you and believe you and give because you could just say hey why tomorrow why can't it happen now why can't god give me plenty now and when god gives me plenty i'll start tithing and giving 10% of all my income is devoted to the Lord. Once God gives me plenty, I'll do that. No, no, that's not trust. Trust needs to do now. I'll call that person that hurt me, that dad that I don't have a relationship with. I don't want to pursue a relationship, but I know God has told me to make that phone call and say, I forgive you. I'm not going to do that until he moves. That's not trust. Trust him today. I know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I need to get baptized, but I've been putting that decision off. Trust him today. Because from the very direction uh, you thought death was coming, life began to come. Can you imagine what it's like? You started here, the king of Israel, the king of E uh, the King of uh, Moab, the King of Edom, the king of, um, the king of Israel, King of Edom, King of Judah. They're walking towards Moab. And then from the direction of Edom, water begins to come. There is water for your journey. There is water for your journey. They took the road of, road of Edom. But water began to come from Edom. What if there's water along your journey that you're not aware of? You're waiting to say yes to God after you see the water. But you're not going to see the water. you got to say yes to Him today. you got to trust Him today. Gotta put your life in God's hand today. You gotta to give up control today. And as you're walking the road of Edom, water is gonna start coming from Edom. Why? Because God says so. God says so. God says so. God says so. Edom is not the road you're meant to die on. Edom is the road. That you will receive life. The king of Edom. The king of Israel. And the king of Judah. Start walking the road of Edom. To Moab. Halfway through. Fuel ran out. But because of God. Water started flowing. In the road of Edom. You're not going to collapse. You're not going to die. You're not going to give up and faint on the way. God is going to get you to the other side. Not only is God going to get you to the other side. I love what Elisha says. This thing is an easy thing for God. This thing is easy for God. Pastor, you have no idea. I'm in a big problem. For you, it's big. For God it's not it's not this thing is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord look at the previous slide Elisha says in verse 17 18 for thus says the Lord he will do all this verse 18 it is a light thing in the sight of the Lord can you imagine the king of Edom is about to die the king of Judah is about to die the king of Israel is about to die the army is about to die the, army is about to die. the Their animals are about to die. You think that's a big problem. God says, no, it's a small problem. That's a small problem. Could it be possible that if there's anything in your life that appears big, you really haven't got the perspective of God? My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. God's desire for you is not to faint along the way, but for you to make it. Will you trust him today? Will you put your trust in him today? Will you position yourself where the word of God is shared today? Will you come into his presence, not with your goodness, but with the goodness of God, remembering that the records that stood against you have been wiped clean? Would you come into the presence of God, giving up control and saying, God, not my will, but let yours be done. Will you come to say, God, I will trust you before I see the fruit. That's why we pray. Sometimes we are praising not just because of what God has done. We're praising God for what he's about to do. That sometimes we give not for what God has done. We give an offering in expectation and anticipation of what he's about to do. Today, don't leave this room without doing the one thing that the Holy Spirit is impressing on your heart some of you need to give a praise to God like never before some of you need to trust Him like never before some of you need to give a tithe and offering like never before take a moment to receive our tithes and offerings but before that I want to pray for a moment of concentration, privacy close your eyes with me the road of death is going to become the road of life I said the road of death is going to become the road of life. I said the road of confusion is going to become the road of clarity. The road of poverty is going to become the road of abundance. You will not die. You will not die. You will not die. You will not die. God says so. His goodness says so. His mercy says so. If you're here today and you say, there is one area of my life, maybe multiple areas in my life, where I am running on empty. Just lift your hands and put it down. I want to pray for you today. I'm running on empty all over this place. Father, for every person that says, that's me. Today I pray, God, that you will show them. You will show them water coming from the direction of Edom. The very place that they set out from. The very place they thought death was coming. I pray from that very place life will come. Let life come. Let life come. I arrest demonic agendas. I arrest spells of witchcraft. I arrest spirits of Freemasonry working in your family tree and your family line to arrest you along the way so you faint and die it will not happen with you it will not happen with your children we reject that in the name of jesus you started on a good journey and now you are stuck you started on a journey and now you are fainting you started on a journey and you're halfway through God did not bring you this far to leave you. You will complete the journey. In the name of Jesus, we command life, 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 From the very direction that you started, from Edom, may water come now. May water come now. May water come now. May water come now. And this is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Come on, look at your biggest giant and say, Ha! Huh. You're tiny in the eyes of God. Look at your biggest mountain and tell that mountain, you're so small in the eyes of my God. Come on, look at your biggest doubt and tell your doubt, oh, you look so small when it compares to how big my God is. Come on, look at your biggest fear and tell that fear, you are tiny compared to how great and big my God is. Father, I thank you. Not single person in the sound of my voice is going to faint on the way that we will have life, we will have life. I hear the sound of a river flowing towards you, towards you, towards you, towards you, towards you. I hear the sound of a river flowing towards you. I hear the sound of a river flowing towards you. I hear the sound of a river flowing towards you. Who wants to praise him in advance for the river? that's flowing towards you who wants to praise him in advance for the river that's flowing towards you praise him in advance receive it with Thanksgiving receive it with Thanksgiving receive it with Thanksgiving receive it with Thanksgiving come on let's prepare our tithes and offerings this morning let's bring our first fruits to the Lord if I can ask the team to put up the giving options on the screen you can give in different ways that are found on the screen above. There will also be volunteers that are coming your way. With contactless machines, if you want to give by card, I want to encourage you to do that. Today will be a good day to put your trust in God in finances. Because according to the Bible, it's one of the ways you can prove God. And one of the ways you can prove your own heart that you trust Him. What can we give for all He has given? We can't repay him. We can't repay him. But we can say thank you. We can say thank you. Father, thank you for every tithe, every offering that's going to be released today. I pray that this giving will be a pleasing aroma in your presence. Receive our offering. Receive our tithes. Receive our praise. And receive what we're giving for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Team if you're ready let's go around and receive the tithes and offerings. If you've got nothing to give why don't you give God a praise in your seats tell him that you will not faint along the way tell him that you will keep going that you will engage let's give God our best offering today. Let's give God our best tithe today he has been so good to us He has been so good to us.